On today's show, some official awards are out. We'll discuss them and our reactions. Then some playoffs with a recap of the second round and semifinals previews. We're getting into it all here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Monday and welcome to another episode of Locked On Women's Basketball. I'm your co-host, Karina Mustafa. I write all things New York Liberty and Phoenix Mercury over at Venus Sports. I am joined by my co-host, Bradshaw Furlong. Bradshaw does several things in the world of basketball, but please tell new listeners what you do. Uh, I work at uh, TSN here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. I am the co-site expert at Behind the Buck Pass and Milwaukee Bucks website. I am with RaptorsInsider.ca, and of course, I co-host this basketball podcast as well. All right, before we begin, make sure you are subscribed to Locked on Women's Basketball wherever you listen to podcasts. Every follow, every subscription helps us continue to put out daily content. Okay, we'll start with awards. And we'll start with the one that I know has made all of us on this here podcast very, very happy. Sylvia Fowles gets her fourth Defensive Player of the Year award. Bradshaw, we are Sylvia Fowles fans here on this podcast. How are we feeling about this? Ecstatic. I mean, I, I we got a tease when she won the AP Defensive Player of the Year. And I'm like, oh, that's great. But I want the real thing. I need the re- I need to make sure the WNBA didn't mess it up. AP was all right, cool. AP did what they needed to do. I wanted to make sure the actual award went to, and I was so happy. I was so, like, obviously, I've been very effusive of my praise of Sylvia Fowles this season um, and in, in the past as well, just how incredible she is. Um, I mean, obviously, to win four Defensive Player of the Year awards, you have to be pretty, pretty damn good. Uh, winning it in her 14th season, uh, just just absolutely ridiculous. Again, like, again, I said this last week, but, like, we talked so much about how crazy it is that, you know, Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi, and we'll get to them later in the show, obviously, but what Sylvia Fowles is doing at her age at 35 years old and winning a defensive player of the year and like averaging almost two blocks and two steals a game, averaging over 10 boards, like just legally the anchor of that Lynx defense. And again, we'll get to the Lynx a little bit later, but just what she did this season was absolutely incredible. And I, I hope we get to see her continue to do this for a long, I want to see her go for five. She got to go for five at this point i want to see it i want to see five in year 15 let's do it for sure she's an absolute monster on defense it's been like very conflicting to watch her this season because (laughs) i absolutely love her so much but when it's against her team you know not so much but uh (laughs) yeah she definitely deserves this award she also made the all defensive first team which uh joining her was john quill jones brianna turner Brittany sykes and brianna january and then we have our second team with Brianna Stewart, Brianna Jones, Brittany Griner, Jasmine Thomas, and Errol Atkins. I feel like I'm saying Brie or like 10 <laughs> times in some form. But um, how are we feeling about these two lists? Are there any snubs, things you would change? I think the biggest one, I think everyone's pointed it out to this point, is I'm surprised Asia Wilson didn't make it. Um, I think that's a bit of a surprise. I think I think it's a bit of a surprise. I know the Sun are. We talk about how great the Sun are. I think it's a bit surprising they got four, and the, and again, like the Aces had the best, second best defense, and they didn't get a single person on this list or on either team. So it's it's a little surprising to me that the Aces didn't get anybody. Like Raquana Williams could have been on here. Asia Wilson could have been on here. Like I'm just a, I'm a little surprised, and like. No, no slander to like the, the people who did make it, but like there are some that definitely probably couldn't be on, I sh- definitely probably definitely couldn't be on here just based on like 
just based on their, like how they've played this season and how like the, I think some of these people got on more because of the team that they're on as opposed to like their actual individual defense whereas someone like Asia Wilson is on a great team defensively but is also a very good defender one-on-one a little biased I could say uh, Alicia Gray as well but she had a very inconsistent season I'm not too broken up about that um, but uh, Asia Wilson or someone from the Aces should have been on here yeah, I was uh, before these before this came out. Uh, I was talking with friend of the pod, Evan Gualberto, and we were discussing like how many players from the Connecticut Sun, how many should make the all defensive teams, and we were kind of grappling with that because you know the case could be made for four of them, and <laughs> that's what happened. But uh, <laughs> honestly, I was leaning towards maybe two or three of them, mm-hmm. three at the most. So yeah, this is. It is quite surprising, but also not surprising. Like the case could have been made for it. And uh, there is definitely like you say, you were talking about Alicia Gray. Like if we're going to be biased here, I'll go forward and say Beck <laughs> Allen because her defense was stellar. Like, I've, of course, I'm not upset or anything. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like there's also I know there was a bit of a, of a conversation around Natasha Cloud as well. Mm-hmm. I know Mike Table like came out with his tweet and was like, who are these voters? Why, <laughs> why aren't they voting for Natasha Cloud? And, you know, talking about the disrespect. But honestly, to me, this just tells me how much defensive talent there is in the WNBA. Mm. And, um, like, I'm I'm not going to throw a fuss or anything over these lists. I think these lists are, are just fine. They're not outrageous. Um, oh, some people were very mad. Like... When they first came out, people were distraught that, <laughs> one, the Sun had four players. I think some people were very mad that Brianna Stewart made the list. Uh, there were just people who were very mad. Uh, people were very mad that Asia Gray, or Asia Gray, Asia Wilson didn't make the list. Some people were very mad, not even Wings fans specifically. Like, they were just mad that Alicia Gray didn't make it. I'm like, I, I get why. Like, I understand why she had an inconsistent season. Like, she was good, but it wasn't, like, all defense great to me, at least. But... I don't know. I, 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 I find it hard to get too worked up about it, but I mean, as long as Sylvia Fowles made it, I'm fine. And I knew she yeah, would, exactly. so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there, there there's a good discussion there with whether narratives and, you know, mm-hmm. things like that. How do you balance that with these awards? Um, and so I would say it's okay overall. Obviously, there's it's, it's all subjective. Like, people are always going to think their opinion is you know what it should be over someone else's so uh, it's always there's always going to be conversations no one's ever going to be 100% happy with any of these lists um but we move forward with that because that's what we need to do these are the final awards if you don't like it get a media vote <laughs> i don't know what to tell wow. you <laughs> <laughs> wow my goodness just putting it down just hey you want to you just do something about it i guess <laughs> uh, i'm i'm kidding i'm kidding mostly all right. <laughs> In just a moment, we'll start our playoff previews. But uh, first, let's hear from our friends over at Sleeper. In 2018, the fantasy sports experts at Sleeper realized that fantasy basketball was broken. Games were being won and lost based on whose players had more scheduled games that week. It made no sense and required very little strategy. So, in 2020, Sleeper released a brand new way of playing fantasy basketball. It's called Game Pig, and it's only available on Sleeper. In Game Pig, owners pick a single game per week for each starter to count toward their team's total score, ensuring an even number of games played between opponents. This means that the days of losing because your opponent's players simply had more scheduled games to play than that week are over. Um, in Game Picks, you pick one game for... 
per week for each player based on player matchups, home versus away, opponent's defensive ranking, pace of play, and so much more. And all this just adds up to more strategy and less busy work. Whether you prefer a redraft, keeper, or dynasty, Game Picks has you covered. Sleeper has cracked the fantasy basketball code. If you play fantasy basketball, if you prefer building out a weekly strategy, you're going to love Game Picks. Make sure you download the Sleeper app and start a league with your friends today. You will not be disappointed. It's a much more strategic way to play fantasy basketball. Does, does this sound familiar? I'm going to lay out a scenario for you, right? Does this, does this sound familiar to any of you guys? You've got one device to let you catch the game live, another device to let you stream your favorite shows. You're watching sports highlights on your phone. You've got your neighbor's best friends log in for the good stuff. It's I've, I'm here to tell you about a more simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes and no need to buy another device ever again. And the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. Don't forget to tune in to the Lockdown Women's Basketball podcast throughout the week, as well as Friday Conversations with Howard Meckel. Okay. Let's do some second round recaps. Uh, I think the playoffs overall have been very interesting so far with these single elimination games. We'll start with the Mercury, who defeated the Storm in overtime, 85 to 80. They get away once again. Um, there's a lot of things <laughs> to talk about here. <laughs> yes. It I is do. just shaking her. You, you can't see it, guys, but she is shaking her fist and making a they can't keep getting away with this <laughs> well okay yeah i'm just a little little salty um you can't <laughs> tell but but i will say like a couple of really great things about them um first off Brittany griner is really really <laughs> like oh my god she came out blazing this game like she was dominant from the beginning her footwork is absolutely amazing like i think i could probably spend hours watching her film just for her footwork alone um it's so so good and it's really hard to defend against her when she just keeps finding her way to the basket um it's like it's truly a wonder to watch and you know what on the mercury for having her for this long because she is really good um and then just to pair with that like skylar skylar Diggins smith has been awesome i think like skylar and bg like that duo is really really good together and you've been seeing that recently especially with with skylar just being able to have more consistent games um i think that's worked really well for them and that's one of the reasons why they're still in the playoffs yeah, it was. It's even more impressive because, like, the storm, like, I it, like, like the Liberty where they were like really trying to take away Brittany Griner as much as they could, and like sending early doubles and like just really trying to like bother her as much as they can. But it just, it just wouldn't matter. Like, they kept scheming things open. Like, they had like some empty side pick and roll stuff like that. They just would keep finding ways to get Brittany Griner going, and like, she's just so good that like sometimes it doesn't matter if you're throwing a double at her. Like if you send the double a little too late it doesn't matter she's gonna score like she's just so good and i think the one problem for phoenix and we'll, i think we'll get to it in the next segment is just they're playing the one duel i guess the sun can kind of counter them as well but you're playing the one team that has a big that is like 
basically like as big as Brittany Griner is. So like it matches up a little bit better that way. But obviously, Brittany Griner is still incredibly talented. She will get hers no matter what. But uh, the the Mercury the Mercury looked good. They they got hot in the second half, and I mean we're seeing them at not their peak right now, but like they're pretty damn close. They're looking pretty good. Yeah, I did want to talk about two more things. Diana Taurasi, who is basically limping and mm. uh, still playing, it's been very <laughs> interesting to watch. Like, it's like I was someone was mentioning that she's like a decoy, um, which I guess helps on on the defensive side. You're kind of scattering it that way, but should she still be playing? Like, it's a little bit painful to watch sometimes. And like it's a bit of a hint. Like I mean, I guess they didn't really take advantage. They didn't take advantage of Diana Taurasi not being able to move a ton on defense as much as I guess they could have. But like offensively, she, like she took thirteen shots, eleven of them were threes. Like she's not doing too much in terms of like she's not moving a ton. Um, I, I just wonder like when you're going into the next series, like if she's not one hundred percent healthy because you're going at a team now that has so many players that you're going against the Aces that like I, I'm not trying to get into this too much, but like you have so many players that can take advantage of that and like take advantage of her being limited like with her mobility. So I think it'll be interesting to see what they do going forward with like, okay, kind of the cost benefit of like, okay, if we play her, she's obviously incredible to have out there and it's great to have her presence, but she can still have that kind of presence from the bench as well. And we know Dana Taurasi is always going to let her, her opinion be known on the, like whether she's on the bench or on the court, she'll be trying to like, she'll be coaching her team no matter what she is the second coach. So I, I, I'm curious to see what they do. Obviously, they'd love to have her out there, but if she's not healthy, I don't know how much it's going to help them. Yeah, I think I'm with you on that. Um, and then just kind of the last thing about on the Phoenix side, Kia Nurse had those clutch free throws at the end after painfully watching Phoenix. Well, I guess not for me painfully, but it was still kind of painful <laughs> watching them miss like free throw after free throw. Um, if they had lost that game, oh, I am... 100% sure that they would have went back and looked at those free throws because that almost blew it for them. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I just wanted to give a little bit of a, like a spotlight to Kia Nurse for actually getting her free throws in. Um, <laughs> yes, Canadians. Whoa. <laughs> um, but on the other hand, like on the other side of it with the storm, they didn't have Stewie, obviously. It was a really bad timing for Jewel Lloyd to have a bad game. Um, Mercedes Russell was really awesome for them. Mm-hmm. I was super pumped at that block at the end that actually sent them to overtime, um, only to be disappointed. However, I do want to talk about the elephant in the room, which a lot of people have been talking about, but Sue Bird and Diana Taurasi, this may be the last time they play against each other. People were chanting one more year with Sue Bird. Which is very interesting because I was one of those people that was like, there's no way she's going to retire after this year. Like, I didn't think that. But I don't know. It got a little bit emotional. Uh, mm-hmm. What do you like? Where do you stand on this? Well, it's, what did she say? This is like the first time she's never been sure that it's like she's not because like, it's the first time she's never been 100 percent sure that she's coming back next year, which is it is interesting. And I mean, she had uh, like, obviously they won a gold medal this year, and I'm sure she would have liked to have like the gold medal and the championship this season. And I mean, they at the halfway point, they were as good of a bet as any to, you know, win the championship. But then obviously they had a we, we talked about uh, their struggles in the second half before. Um I don't know if she wants to go out like this, you know, losing, you know, one being a one and done. But I mean, 
I, she still looks pretty good. I, it's just a thing of like, is she ready to move on from basketball at this point? And I mean, if she's not, a, if she's saying that she's not 100% committed to come back, then I mean, I don't want, I don't want to get into like her personal life or anything or what's in her mindset at all. But if she's not 100% like set to come back, then I mean, it, maybe it's time to like hang it up and just you know move on. And she, I'm sure she'll find other things to do in basketball. Like I'm sure this isn't the end of Sue Bird's basketball career, but it might be the end of her on-court career. Um, and I mean, if we if we'll we'll discuss it if the time comes about what how great of a career she's had. But yeah, I think that it'd be really sad. But I mean, if she's ready, then we have to accept that. Yeah, and you know, when we were watching the game, you could kind of see her in the huddle where she was basically coaching the team. So if she has a coaching career if she wants it. Like mm. it's there, for sure. Um, and I think I remember a while back she had said, I don't know if this changes now, but she had said that um, with Megan Rapino that they wanted to retire together. So they didn't mm. want like one of them still playing while the other wasn't. Um, so that that could come into play too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I mean, I think I think that's like really sweet personally that they want to do things <laughs> together like oh, my favorite my favorite power couple um but yeah definitely we'll see when the time comes she's had an awesome career we'll definitely talk about that um but moving on to the other second round matchup chicago sky defeated the minnesota lynx 89 76 the lynx we were right almost, all along i was right all along we were right all along <laughs> We said that we said the sky would pick it up. We said we we knew at some point they would pick it up. We didn't say when. Well, I, we did say when, but it happened a little <laughs> later than we thought. But you know what? So I was talking to Blake Murphy before the game. We both chose the storm, which was bad decision on our part. But then again, who could have seen this coming? But he asked me if I think what what I think about the sky links game. I said that I was leaning towards the links. However. I did say that Chicago has a way of surprising us. So I wouldn't be surprised if they took this game. I wasn't expecting them to take this game by this much, but I covered my bases. So (laughs) that's all that matters. Couldn't lose, people. She could not lose. (laughs) Exactly. Always Uh, hedge your bets, folks. Always (laughs) hedge your bets. I mean, even look, if you're thinking about, even if you think if you're going to, if you're going to pick the aces to win the championship, make sure you say, oh, you know, the sun might have a chance, but there's also <laughs> a chance the mercury could win. But don't be surprised if the sky win also. <laughs> um, yeah, <laughs> that, that, that's how it goes. Um, but, you know, the Lynx almost made a comeback. They cut True. it to three at one point, thanks to aerial powers. And I don't know, you probably, guys are probably sick of my puns on Twitter at this point, but she powered through, is what I like to say. People like that pun, deal with it. Do they? Are you, <laughs> yes. are you people? Are you people? <laughs> I assure you people that are not me like that mm-hmm. pun. Mm-hmm. Mm. <laughs> does does okay. the name rhyme with Bark Bindler? <laughs> Look, you know what? Other people other than him like it, too. Okay, <laughs> I promise. Um, anyway, moving on. Sylvia, Sylvia, uh, Sylvia Fowles did foul out. Um, you could see the emotion on her face and, like, what this meant to her. Obviously, we with, you know, with the year that Minnesota's had, it would probably have been better if this was a series. Um, mm-hmm. And we can discuss kind of single elimination games in round two and whether or not it should be that way but I did what before we talk about that I did want to ask you 
like on the Chicago side, what did you make of them being able to sustain runs by their opponent and then close it out? Because the same thing happened with Dallas where it seemed like they had the game, but then the team would make a small comeback, but they were Mm. still able to close it out. I think part of it is also, I think part of it is um, we, we talked at length about how deep their roster is and how many like just really talented, like offensive players they have. Obviously you have Quigley, Vandersloot, Candace, you have Candace Parker, you have Diamond Shields coming off the bench. Kalia Copper has taken a leap this year. So like you have, you have a lot of people where it's not like, oh, like if we're out to this big lead, but then say Candace Parker goes cold. I mean, she only had eight points, but say Candace Parker goes cold. Oh no, we're kind of in a bit of trouble. It's like, okay, Candace Parker's not having a great game. We still have four other very talented offensive players who can pick up the slack around her. And I mean, they did, they've done such a good job these last two games, especially of turning the, of turning the opposing team over. Like I think it, uh, who was it? McBride. And I believe powers and McBride combined for like 12 turnovers, like just between the two of them. So they've done a really good job of like getting out in transition and pushing the pace, which is like what the sky want to do. They want to get out and start moving. And I think they made the links a little bit uncomfortable playing at such a half fast pace. Cause I mean, if you have Sylvia Fowles, you're going to play at a slower pace. Um, I, I think that was just, I think that was mainly part of it was they just got back to it. They just started pushing the, like, the links got back into it, but then the sky were like, okay, let's get back to it. We'll start pushing the pace a little bit more, turn them over a little bit more. And I mean, they were fine. Yeah. And, what do do we approve of single elimination games in the second round? Because I personally don't. I don't know if I approve of single elimination games. Period. Um, oh. I I would. I mean, they're they're cool. Like they set up for some dramatics, but like it'd be cool if it was like okay, first round three game like best of three, and you know next round best of five, and then go like best of seven, best of seven. Like I think the maybe the NBA used to do that back in the day, but I think it'd just be cool to have a series like for every just so you, like you have a chance at it. Like I know the Wings would have lost regardless, but like. Just to give them a chance at it. Like, okay, maybe we can make some adjustments for game two. And I mean, the Liberty, like they nearly won game. They nearly won that game. Maybe they come back game two. They go back to, you know, they go to New York, have have a chance. You never know. But I, I would like to see them go to more, like, more series based. But I mean, at the very least, give us a series in the second round. So we can see, like, Lynx versus Sky for a whole series as opposed to just, like, one game. Yeah, I think with the way the schedule is um, organized and with overseas basketball, too, Mm -hmm. I think that's probably why the playoffs are formatted the way they are. Um, I personally, even though the Liberty did lose, I personally did like the first round elimination games. I I think it makes it all the more exciting. But Mm -hmm. when we get to the second round, you have, you know, the third and the fourth seed who have kind of you know, work to get there that entire yeah. season just to have it boil down to one game. And like, even if we're talking about the Seattle Storm as well, Jewel Lloyd, who's been fantastic this season, she has one off night and because of that, they don't advance. Like to me, that that seems a little bit unfair. And, and maybe so, and maybe Brianna Stewart comes back in the series. Like if there's exactly. more games available, maybe she comes back. Maybe Diana Taurasi gets a little bit more healthy. Like it's it may, like Laisha Clarendon was banged up in this game too. Like maybe Laisha exactly. and you saw the effects of Laisha Clarendon not being at full health. So maybe you know she gets a little bit more healthy. The Lynx have a bit of a better chance. Yeah. Maybe even Candace Parker doesn't have an off game and they just steamroll through them anyway. But. I would I would have liked to see, especially with these four teams. Like again, like I agree that maybe in the first round, like just get the wings and the liberty out of the way. Like they they're not great. Just just move them out of there. Um, but yeah, definitely uh, definitely at least the second round, I'd like to see a bit of a series. Yeah, I'm with you on that. Um, 
hopefully maybe it'll start to change maybe mm-hmm. they like they'll have start having those conversations especially with how things went down this year like it just gives us more of a sample size honestly with these matchups but i'm excited for the semis and we're going to be talking about that next but first we're going to hear from our friends over at built bar so guys we've talked about built bar on this podcast many times talked about all the flavors like coconut cherry raspberry mint brownie double chocolate salted caramel strawberry orange cookies and creams um and honestly they all sound amazing and whenever you talk to a built bar fan they're definitely passionate about their faves we've talked about our faves and if you haven't tried all of these you can get a mixed box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors they are super tasty but they're also really healthy they've got 17 grams of protein they, the calories are ranging from 130 to 180. They've only got 4 to 5 grams of sugar, only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. If you order today, you can get whatever you like. It is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, which is pretty neat. And if you use promo code LOCKS15, you'll get 15% off of your order. So go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKS15 to let, it, let them know that we sent you, and you'll get 15% off of your order. Betting on basketball doesn't have to be a guessing game. If you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling, get daily picks, blowout specials, and team favorite picks, as well as Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get podcasts. Okay, we are deep in the playoffs. Let's start with our first semifinal matchup, which is the Connecticut Sun against the Chicago Sky. Connecticut Sun have four all-defensive players, so the question begs. I'm starting. Out, I'm starting it off spicy. How will Chicago score? <laughs> It'll be. I, I, you're gonna have to try and turn them over. I think they're gonna have to try and do what they did in the first two games of the playoffs and kind of start trying to turn the Sun over. The problem is the Sun don't turn the ball over very often, um, so that might be a bit of an issue. Well, they they turn it over a little bit, but. It's going to it'll be really tough for them to score in the half court. And that's kind of your biggest concern is you're going to have a lot of half court possessions. And I mean, luckily, the Sun, like we talked about, they have a lot of really talented offensive players and it's not going to have to just be like, oh, we're going to have to rely on Candace Parker to do it all. But it's also the Sun have a lot of really talented defensive players, as we saw with it. They have four all defense players. Um, it's going to be really, really tough. I'm not super confident in the sky in this matchup even though i've been confident in the sky throughout like the entire season this is kind of like and it's funny because this is kind of who we talked about like as like oh the sun can maybe like or sorry the sky can maybe pass the sun at some point in the season and like you know maybe they'll be the best team in the East. this would be the time to show it but the sun have proved me wrong um they look damn good and i'm not confident about picking the sky in this matchup at all yeah and they've also had a lot more rest um, mm-hmm. which could actually work out in their favor. This part is not so much of a basketball analysis part, but it was something that I was thinking about this morning. And if you follow me on Twitter, you probably saw me tweet it. The puns are endless. The opportunity with Sky and Sun <laughs> is like, what? Look, I, like, I was writing, when I was writing notes for this podcast, I was like, the Sky don't have a better interior defense to contain the size of the Sun. And then I stopped and I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Sky Sun? <laughs> um, 
yeah, so prepare for us to be a little bit annoying on that end. But yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you uh, with uh, I think my confidence in Chicago is going to start to decrease a little bit, especially with like the Connecticut Sun, who have obviously been one of, if not the best team in the league mm. right now. Um, and so I have a hard time seeing Chicago get past them. But now we get a series. So mm-hmm. it's not a single elimination game. We get a series. I'm sure they'll take a game away from the Sun. Oh, yeah. Um, like, it's, I don't think even the other matchup that we're going to talk about, I don't think any of them is going to be a sweep. Um, mm. But it does give us a little bit more excitement as well, like on the other side where it's like, okay, now I get to see them. I got to see adjustments. I think that's the biggest thing. Like, <laughs> you don't get to see adjustments in single elimination games. You no. see in-game adjustments, but that's not nowhere. That can only go so far. Exactly. Um, and so that'll be interesting to see. But yeah, the other matchup, which is Phoenix Mercury against the Las Vegas Aces. It's time for Mercury's run to end. I will say that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, I think I think this is where it ends, to be sure. But we'll see. Yes, we'll see. <laughs> um, uh, like, does Diana's health play a big factor into this? And, like, I just want to get your opinion on that because it's just, it seems like a big question mark to me right now. Like, if she's out there, you, like, she's going to get attacked. Like, they're going to go after her. Uh, like, on defense, they, like, I, they have so many talented offensive players, the Aces do. They have so, like, they have such a great roster that I think it'd be in their benefit to go after her and just try to, like, make her work defensively, especially if she's not healthy and she's out there. You got to attack her um, offensively for the Mercury. Like if she's there, you don't have to spend too much energy like defending her if she's not healthy. It's just it's just a, it's another like weak. It's just a weak point on the court for a Mercury team that can't really afford it against the Aces. So, and that's kind of what I was getting getting at in the first and like the last segment was just if she's not ready, it almost like it like it, it does a, an eighty percent maybe not even 80% of Deanna Taurasi. Is that better than a healthy whoever the Mercury would fill in her, in her place and, like, bring off the bench? I I don't know. Um, it, it's so it's so tough because, like, obviously the, the experience that she brings is incredible, but you're going up against, in my opinion, like, the best roster in the W, and this team is going to attack her every time they can, especially if she's out there for like 35 plus minutes like she was in game one obviously it was with overtime but still i i personally if she's not healthy i don't know if she can help but i mean that's also because i'm very confident in the aces i don't think it matters regardless to be honest with you i'm picking the aces regardless if she's healthy or not but i think it's just, it's just worse if she's not healthy that's the problem yeah i think i'm with you on that it's really tough because you never want to count diana Tarasi mm-hmm. out but at the same time, maybe it's worth kind of debating that a little bit, especially with, like, the condition that she's in now. Um, obviously, we want players to be healthy. Like, mm-hmm. this is not something any of us would want to see. Um, I'm just, like, worried I wouldn't want her to injure herself even more. Like, there's no point in pushing herself if you're not, like you said, like, if she's not going to be as big of an impact as you know someone else that is healthy might be but there really is no point in playing her for that long personally i'm excited to see liz cambage in this series she's finally back from recovering from covid and i think we all missed her a Mm. bunch (laughs) and so yes give me playoff liz please (laughs) i'm very liz versus britney griner my goodness 
That's going to be a excited. treat. Yes. I'm excited. I am very excited for that. Um, I don't I don't know how they'll handle Asia Wilson, but I'm certainly excited for Griner versus Cambage. That is, I mean, obviously, I think Brandon Turner will get a shot at her, but yeah, it'll also, be tough. This is a perfect moment for Asia to be like, oh, nobody voted me onto the all defensive teams. <laughs> all right. I'm going to prove everybody wrong and I'm going to go against y'all. Um, I think that would be that's going to be very interesting. I personally like just talking about the aces. I have loved their team chemistry all season long. Like it, you could see it was there from the start. Like whether that's just making funny videos together or just you know getting reps in on the court, they're so like absolutely fantastic to watch. Like Kelsey Plum is just amazing on the court and off the court. Like she's so entertaining. It's ridiculous. Mm. Um, they're such, so a, they're I, such a fun group together. They really are, and I think that that plays a huge factor, of course. And I'm excited for this series. I think both of them, both of these series are going to be really good. Um, do you have any final thoughts? Uh, I, let's do some predictions. I, I'm going to pick. I, I, right. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be fun. I'm going to, but I'm going to, I'm going to pick this. Uh, I was almost going to say the sky. I'm going to pick the sun in five games, and I'm going to pick the aces in. Four, maybe uh, maybe even three to be honest with you i'll say sun in four and i'll say aces in five you have much more confidence in the record than i do much more a considerable because lot more i do because i got you know i gotta cover my bases <laughs> <laughs> because they're still in this thing so you know they're obviously they're good it's just i think for me it's just the confidence that i have in the aces and just how good they've been all season long i could say the same thing about the sun but i just think it's a better matchup i think that it's just like the sky have a better matchup and they have a better chance because of the matchups to beat the sun um i still i don't think they will but i think it's, they at least have a better matchup than the mercury do i don't i'm I, it feels like i'm being i'm so low on the mercury right now i'm not <laughs> they're a good team i just love the aces and i think people have realized that throughout this podcast yeah yeah it's almost as if they're your second team <laughs> hey i don't want to i don't want to disrespect the links all right i gotta show some love to the links as well <laughs> all right uh we're wrapping up the episode now locked on women's basketball has you covered throughout the week so make sure to come back here for daily episodes until friday if you have any thoughts on today's discussions, make sure to reach out on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at LockedOnWBB or myself at KridaMM and Bradshaw at OMGBradshaw. Tell us how accurate your bracket has been if you made us, if you made one, because last week I told you all to make a bracket. So how accurate has it been? Let us know. Of course, make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Women's Basketball wherever you get your podcasts so that you can get the latest episodes as soon as they come out. And that wraps up this edition of Locked On Women's Basketball. Now go check out, check out Locked On 76ers for thoughts and updates on the Ben Simmons saga. Have a great day. See you tomorrow.